You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. I'm Sarah. And I'm Beth. We co-host Pantsuit Politics, a podcast seeking nuance in political conversation. Along the way, we've realized the rest of life is filled with nuance, too. So we come here each week to commemorate the moments in our lives, moments beyond birthdays, weddings, and funerals, that deserve celebration. It's an opportunity to see ourselves in a new season and to reflect on the messiness of living wisely. Today on The Nuance Life, we are going to share two commemorations from our listeners, as well as commemorate our current traveling life. We are on the road, Pantsuit Politics Heavy in April, and so we're going to talk a little bit about what that means for us personally and some of our thoughts on being moms and traveling away from our families. So we'll get started with a message from Katie, and we're going to read this message to you in its entirety because I think the whole story and the way she tells it is important. I want to commemorate the realization of a dream, the messiness and complexity that can come even in the midst of a joy-filled life, and the toll that both good stress and bad stress can take. I'm a historian, writer, and former teacher currently working from home part-time designing museum exhibits and writing a book about the enslaved people on Laura Plantation in Louisiana. I am absolutely passionate about my work, but my deepest longing has always been to have a family. More than anything else, I wanted to be a wife and mother, not to fulfill societal expectations, but because of a strong desire to nurture and love. For a long time, I lived in fear that I would always be alone. I had almost given up. I met my husband when I was 30, fell in love quicker than I ever believed possible, and married him nine months later. We soon began trying to start a family. Our first pregnancy ended in miscarriage, and I was devastated. I always wanted a large family, at least three children, and suddenly the dream I thought might actually be possible seemed out of reach. However, I was soon blessed with another pregnancy. This time, I carried my daughter to term but suffered from severe complications, was losing weight, and was considered high risk. When I was brought in to be induced, my blood pressure skyrocketed stroke levels. Severe preeclampsia and a placental abruption necessitated an emergency C-section. I found myself being wheeled down the hall by a team of racing nurses and physicians. My daughter was born alive and healthy, but the recovery was brutal. Most of all, I fear that having more children would be too risky or even impossible. Nearly three years later, with only prayers and hope to get us through, my husband and I welcomed our son. Once again, I had endured a high-risk pregnancy with polyhydramnosis, so terrible I could barely breathe, and preeclampsia. My sweet boy came out blue, not breathing, and unresponsive. In a short NICU stay, he miraculously pulled through and came home with us. Yet, I still felt our family was incomplete. I knew I should be grateful for what I had. I knew a third pregnancy might bring health challenges for me that would have a negative impact on our whole family. Yet, try as I might, I could not abandon the dream of a third child. It felt like a calling, like something I was meant to do and that our whole family needed. When I announced my third pregnancy, my parents were horrified. Very few people congratulated me. Most people didn't understand or were truly so consumed with worry for me that they could not see the blessing. What was supposed to be a time of great anticipation and joy became one of negativity, fear, and doubt. Yet I made it through my pregnancy, and we welcomed another baby boy into our family. I'm convinced that our family would not be complete without him. All three of my children are miracles, and the fact that I am here and healthy and able to be their mother is the greatest miracle of all, albeit on blood pressure meds for the rest of my life. 
Life with a four-year-old, 21-month-old, and three-month-old can be challenging. Every day I encounter major negative self-talk and negative impact from others, including our close family members who are often my only source of support. Three children in four years is certainly a challenge. I have to choose every day whether to believe the voices in my head and all around me, that I can't do it, that I'm not enough, that I'm out of my mind, that my hands are too full and life too chaotic, or to embrace this messy, beautiful life and live it for all it's worth. I can spend my time judging myself, my parenting, the state of my home, and the fact that I frequently feel I can't balance any of it, or I can focus on the tremendous love in my heart, the smiles on my children's faces, and the beauty of those little lives. Yes, I sometimes feel like our family hashtag should be hashtag everyone is crying, but if I'm honest with myself, there are times when it could also be hashtag so much laughter. Congratulations, Katie. It's so beautiful. beautiful family. Well, and you know what I was, as I was listening and reading her email, I think so much of this is reflective. She sort of as is often the case when somebody has sort of an extreme situation, it illustrates something that's true for everybody. And my friends and I have talked about this. There's no getting back. The just sheer joy and anticipation of so many people's experience in a first pregnancy. Because you just don't know what's coming, right? And like, you know, there's no way to recreate that feeling of your first pregnancy and that first sort of, I don't know what's coming with my second kid. And I don't know what, it, and you know, and you don't know how hard it is to have a baby yet. And so once you know, and you bring a second, you're like, you know, the sleep deprivation that's coming your way. And even though you might be more confident, there's this, am I splitting my time between two kids? Am I dividing my heart? And I think there's, so you add on top of that already sort of complicated mess of how we think about adding children to our families, this, the health concerns and the health challenges that Katie faces, then yeah, it just sort of adds accelerant to that. I liked her word calling, that it felt like a calling to have a third child. I don't know how you know when to trust yourself and when you don't. I remember talking to my mom early in my life about like, how do you know when you found the right partner for you in life? And she was like, you just know. And I thought that was the worst, most obnoxious answer on <laughs> earth. Like, give me some specifics of how you know then. How do you know when you know? How do you know that this is the time when you just know? And I think that that is what calling means to me sometimes. Like, I just know this. I don't know how I know it. Mm -hmm. I don't know if it's right that I actually know it, but I'm pretty sure I know it. And you just go. And to do that in the face of such great personal risk, this is another point where you think, can we all stay out of each other's business a little bit? If you are the person who's experienced all those health risks, you are the person who's gone through sort of the grief and the pain of everything, and you're saying, I'm up for it again, I think everybody else in life just needs to get on board and be excited for you. It's hard, though. I mean, I think it is we need to find space for each other or maybe we just need to find a better, healthier way to express concern when someone is taking on risks. Because when you love the person, I mean, I've had friends who were taking on a lot of physical risk by repeated pregnancies and there is a part of you who loves the person and just be like, I don't, I don't want anything bad to happen to you. And we need to find a better way to say that and, and say, I love you and I'm just worried about you without making the other person feel bad. I'm not, and I'm not saying I've perfected that, but I think there is a place for that conversation. Well, there's a time for it too. And that time is before the pregnancy. Once mm -hmm. the pregnancy is here, the conversation needs to shift into unabashed support mode. Yeah. Well, maybe that's the thing. Maybe there's a difference between celebration and support. Right. So maybe the idea is not we're not asking someone who's really concerned about our health and well-being to say to be like a total cheerleader. I'm so happy for you. Everything is perfect versus I'm, 
you know, I know that this can be hard. So how can I support you? That's right. I'm so happy for you. I'm also concerned because I, I was here the last time. Yeah. So, so what do you need? What do you need? Instead of just witness my concern and feel sorry for me that I'm concerned for you. I mean, that's two totally different things. Well, we are happy for you, Katie. And if I lived in Louisiana, I would offer some support to the three under four. And that's what your other people should be doing <laughs> for when and, every the support when everyone is crying. And hashtag everyone is crying is the theme of all households. It has children under 10. I'm pretty sure. So it's it's cool. It's the most beautiful madness, I think. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high end goods for 50 to 80 percent less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. All right. There are times when wearing a bra feels like a punishment. Mm-hmm. And I feel like Harper Wild has heard me complaining and said it's time to make wearing a bra easier. Harper Wild offers free at-home try-on. It's a no-risk, no-fitting room process in the comfort of your own home. Find your perfect size and only pay for bras you keep. Shipping is covered both ways. Harper Wild bras were designed with you in mind. There's no need to choose between never-ending colors and patterns and lace. Just smooth, supportive coverage that comes in three shades of nude and looks great under any outfit. The attainable price and bundles make it easy to replace your entire bra drawer. You'll have bras to wash, bras to wear, and bras to spare. Plus, Harper Wild donates a portion of their sales to organizations dedicated to empowering women. I love to like just they have like a basic and a push-up and a strapless. So I don't have to feel like I'm constantly in danger of making the wrong choice and have that sort of decision fatigue. Also, they have some really cool design features on their bra. They have a a hook to make any bra like T-strap so you can hook it in the middle so it's not showing on the end. It's just built into the bra, which I think is really, really, really smart. I love that feature. So if you want to try out Harper Wild's bras and their amazing try-on at home experience, go to harperwild.com slash life to get started today with a free at home try on and get a free bra wash bag as well. If you have a bra, you need a wash bag and now you can get one free. Make sure to select three bras to try on and don't forget to add the wash bag to your cart too. That's Harper Wild, W-I-L-D-E.com slash life to try on three bras at home for free and receive a free gift. We also heard from Christy, who is commemorating a birthday. A big one. Christy is turning 50 tomorrow. She says that she has been filled with existential dread about this. 50 is the new 30. Why is she filled with dread? Well, Christy writes, she has been full of angst about all the things she hasn't done and hasn't Mm. accomplished. I still live in the starter house we bought when my baby, who will soon graduate college, turned one. We haven't done nearly enough to save for retirement and are still working to pay off some debts. For a number of reasons, my world of friends has narrowed over the past decade, and I feel much more isolated now than I was 10 years ago. I realize that it's rapidly getting to be too late to significantly switch gears career-wise, and that leaves me feeling panicked. But I decided to sit down and make a list of exactly what I did accomplish in my 40s. I love this idea. Yes, and try to commemorate the significant events 
events of the last decade, and Christy discovered all kinds of amazing things that she has done in her life. I love she says, I transitioned two children from elementary school to adulthood. Well, you can just stop there. That's a lot of lists. <laughs> Those big items on a list. Making Turning two human beings, tur- turning two zygotes into adults seems like a pretty big accomplishment. She said she also had a baby when she was 39. So when I was raising these big kids up into adult, I was in the weeds with a toddler and a preschooler. And now I have this precocious little 10-year-old. That's amazing. She celebrated 25 years of marriage. She grew her hair out. She said she grew her faith out and she became less scared of saying what she really thinks. She stopped trying to be hard at things she's not good at. And she started saying all the things that used to drive her crazy when people said them to her, like they grew up so fast and you blink and then it's gone. And I still feel young inside. (laughs) I just think this is so brilliant because it is so tempting at the start of a new decade to like really focus on the future and where, what do I want to do? And what is my bucket list before I turn 50 and all this stuff? Instead of saying, we're just not, again, obviously, this is the purpose of the show. We are not good at commemorating and celebrating all the things we have done. So I just think this moment she took for herself to like sit down and list all these, which are really massively huge, important things and commemorate them. I think that's right. I also think it just gives you like a tribute to, allowing life unfold. Because I think if you start with that sense of, oh, I haven't done everything I plan to do. And then you look mm-hmm. back and you see everything you did and lots of it that you didn't plan. It makes you more open to whatever comes next. I can't have a bucket list for it because right. it's going to it's going to unfold. It's going to be what I need it to be. And there are going to be unimaginably wonderful parts of that things I never would have dreamed up for myself. It brings to mind one of my favorite songs ever from the Indigo Girls, Watershed. And the line is, every five years or so, I look back on my life and I just have a good laugh. Oh, it brings tears to my eyes. I love that line so much. It's like when you watch someone you live with go through a dramatic physical transformation and you don't really notice because you're living with them and you're seeing it all bit by bit. That's what happens with our lives. That's why you have to look back every five years or so and have a good laugh because you're not noticing everything that's happening as you're living it and you can't really see the total picture in the day to day. I mean, I, I commemorated that on this podcast. I realized that I have this four year old, my third, my third child is four years old and just how incredibly dramatically my life has transformed just in the four years he's been alive, which is not only amazing because my life is so different, but that I was dealing with all this massive change while also keeping this very small human alive, not by myself. But, I mean, when Felix was born, fancy politics didn't exist. That's bananas. And I think the same thing about Ellen sometimes. Like, my goodness, how much has shifted in your three and a half years on this planet. And so, of course, in 40 years on Mm -hmm. this planet, Christy has done a lot in 49 years. And I have a feeling that a lot is to come. Now, Christy, the one thing I want to take issue with is that I think you can make a lot of changes at 50. Yeah. I think a lot of people feel really stuck in their career at many points along the way. And I just want to encourage Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. 
encourage you to like not think about that in binary terms. Maybe you can't make the the hard turn that you want to make for whatever reasons. Mm-hmm. Maybe there are some constraints on that. But is there something between that hard turn and where you are today that you would enjoy? Yeah, I mean, I always think about there's all these really great lists on the on the internet of like women who directed their first film at 60 women who wrote that not that award-winning novel at 89 i mean i think that crawdads where the crawdads sing lady wrote that book when she was like 79 or something like i think that those just realizing that people do people even do make those hard turns really late in life there's also this real i always like this one there's a battery researcher i think he's like in his 80 but he's like the battery researcher and to hear him talk about like just aging and like sort of his goals and how he thinks about his career is amazing. I mean, listen, do you get to a point in life? I don't think it's 50, but do you get to a point in life where, as Hillary Clinton always says, you have more yesterdays than tomorrows? Yeah, of course you do. But I don't think that necessarily is a bad thing. I don't think that has to be an uninspiring thing. I mean, I find that in my life when my options are limited, my inspiration can really begin. On your recommendation, I just read Our Souls at Night. You already done? You started like two days ago. Yeah, it took me not long at all it's to so read good. it. It's really wonderful. And it's about people much older than 50 as well. And I don't want to give anything about it away, but I think it deals with here are the constraints mm-hmm. of being at a certain age. Here are the constraints that we put on ourselves because of other relationships in our lives. And also look at all this discovery that can happen mm-hmm. at a very different point in life. So. I hope there's lots of discovery in front of you. Happy birthday. Yeah. Happy birthday, Christy. Beauty by Design offers solutions to all of the overwhelm and decision fatigue and look, lack of expertise needed to buy good skincare. Beauty by Design connects you with online estheticians that will diagnose your skin for only $15 and curate the perfect assortment of vegan, cruelty-free natural products just for you, all via text message. In under two minutes, I answered a few questions about my skin, put in a price point, and I love this feature that you can say, this is what I am willing to spend on moisturizer. Mm-hmm. And sent them a makeup-free selfie. The best thing is, since it's all through text message, I was able to chat with my esthetician on my own time. And she just checked in with me. She was like, how's your skin? Send me another picture and let's look if some issues have been solved and if new issues have come up. Like a zit, for example, which literally just came up on my skin. And so, I mean, I think that that feature, just the texting and feeling like you have an expert on call. That is that is such an amazing service. I'm absolutely loving Beauty by Design because it's not a subscription service, so you're not locked into anything. You get to order the products you need when you need them, and shipping and returns are always free. They have thousands of product combinations my esthetician can choose from to make sure my skin is getting exactly what it needs. If you have felt overwhelmed by skincare options, and if you're looking for some beauty products that are healthy, more natural, and perfectly tailored to your skin, we cannot recommend Beauty by Design enough. To experience the world's most personalized skincare, go to beautybydesign.com life and use the promo code life. First time customers get 20% off. That's beautybydesign.com slash life and use the promo code life to get 20% off. Thank you to Beauty by Design for sponsoring today's podcast. Sarah, we are traveling Always in April. Just if you, it's if it's April and you wonder, are Beth and Sarah on the road? The answer is yes, we are. And that has made life complicated for both of us in different ways. I shared on Instagram this week that I was taking my children to stay with their grandparents because my husband has to travel for work this week as well. And everything was awesome. 
like the Lego song. That's how well it was going. And then, of course, because everything cannot be awesome all the time, my three-year-old started throwing up in the car. And I had to hand to my father a throwing up three-year-old and a a hysterical eight-year-old who was upset that the three-year-old had thrown up. And what if that got on her? And, oh, my gosh, this is the grossest. And what are we going to do? And mom's leaving and I don't know what to do. And it was terrible. And I cried buckets all the way to the airport thinking clearly God is punishing me for taking this trip right now. Do you still believe God is punishing you? No, I know God is not punishing me. I don't believe God does that. That's not the conception of the creator that I have. But, you know, in those moments, you're like, oh, how could I be doing this? How could I leave them when they're sick? So it's 10 days. It's way, way too long. Three cities also. Just objectively. But pragmatically, I do not really have any concerns or even complaints Our travel, for the most part, has been going smoothly. Everyone has been welcoming. Our experiences have been really great. My family at home is doing really well. I have a lot of support. My husband has a lot. My husband is fabulous. I'm getting to talk to my kids a lot. Like, And so I woke up this morning, and, well, it all started yesterday afternoon, and I thought, I'm just, I could just feel myself going down this. I'm not going to make it. I'm going to be miserable for the rest of the 10 days. It's too long. I'm going to be miserable. Like I was writing this story in my head and I thought, okay, don't, you can see yourself doing this. So just stop, stop right now. Do whatever it takes to stop, to disrupt that. So I put on Jay-Z, Empire State of Mind, and just got out on the streets of New York and had my New York moment and got the song in my head and started moving my body. And that helped for a little while. And then I was still kind of sad. And then I woke up this morning and I was doing Aaron Moon's Oh Heavy Lightness um, for Lent. And I just thought, every day is a gift means every day is a gift. And you've been given this day. And there are things you would change about it if you were waving a magical wand. But always tapping into gratitude is really helpful for me. And I am very, for a lot of reasons in my personal life and a lot of life experiences, I am truly on a cellular level grateful for every single day I have on this planet. And so, like, I just had to get out of my head and be like, you know, gratitude is gratitude. And you are doing amazing things right now. And you're in a city you really love and you really do enjoy and like being in. And you're doing really cool work. And you're getting to be with Beth and think through big things. And just tapping into that gratitude, you know, the stories in my head are so convincing. Like, I went to law school. I can make an argument even to myself in my own head. And so, you know, I just had to check that and be like, don't go down that path. Don't fall for that story you're telling yourself in your head that everything is hard and everything is bad. Because it's not. That's not true. And there are a million things you can point to right now. The number one being that you are here on this planet that shows that that's not that narrative is not true. I'm pretty good at that for myself. Like I, I'd love to travel. Actually, if if I didn't have these two little girls and one of them was sick, I'd be like, "This is awesome! Look at all these places we get to go. Look at the interesting people that we get to meet. The interesting work that we get to do. Like that part of it, I'm really good good with." It's the sick child that like throws the wrench in it for me, and and I have to remember. So the new story that I have to write for myself is. How lucky for my girls that they get to experience the care of their grandparents Mm -hmm. during this time and they get to know about all the other people who love them in their lives. How wonderful that my parents are really good when you're sick. Like 
they, they made me feel so special and so taken care of and so wonderful. They're better at this, honestly, than I am. Mm-hmm. Like there's a part of me that gets a little bit impatient during sickness. And so how great that they get to experience this and how cool that they know that their dad's in Texas and their mom's in New York and we're all going to have all these interesting things to talk to each other about when we come back together. And I think that that is kind of the cure to guilt when you start to see what's this experience for my children Yes, there is the experience of I wish I had my mom right now, but that is maybe one one thousandth of what they'll be thinking over the next three days because just like we are, they're getting to do all kinds of cool things with people who love them. And so I just have to keep my focus on on that, that I shouldn't deprive my kids of their experiences because I feel a little bit guilty and attached sometimes. I mean, I had a great, great aunt and uncle, Bunk and Fred, who I would not have known had it not been that my mom worked full time and they were always the ones who came and picked me up at school when I was sick. I would, they would come and get me and I would go to Bunk and Fred's house and I probably would have, I would probably have like zero memories of them otherwise. Cause I don't really remember them at family gatherings, although I'm assuming they were there when I was a kid. But when you're a kid and there's a lot of adults around, it's not like you're taking in and forming individual memories of every single one of them. And I like, but I do remember them vividly and knew them pretty well because they came and it probably, you know, was not a handful of times that they came and picked me up from school because I was sick and my mom was working full time and she couldn't get me. But my boys are getting to see their father as a primary caregiver, which is really important during this time and just really important generally. I was thinking about how I went and spoke to these college girls and I was on my high horse about don't let your adults become your identity. But that's, I mean, I do that. I do that. And I like being a wife and a mother and being in my house with my children while it is a role. It is a very important part of my identity. And so I have to kind of check that constantly and realize like, you know, just because you're not living in that particular role right now, like you're still yourself, you're st- everything's still the same. Because that is, that's really how I sort of center myself and foundation myself. I love to be in that space with my family. And I will be very, very soon. <laughs> very, very soon. That's it. I also had to just use the practice I used to use in college when there was, I could just feel the dread coming up about a project or a test, which is I will blink and this will be over. We will blink and it will be July 4th. It's probably going to be Christmas in like two hot minutes. So that's another thing I just always have to remind myself. The expression in my family, which came from my grandmother, Joy, who took care of me lots and lots and lots while my parents were working, was you can stand on your head for however much time is left, right? Like should, like if we said we'll be home in 10 days, she would say, oh, you can stand on your head for 10 days. <laughs> when I was pregnant, I kept thinking, I can stand on your head for nine months. It's fine. <laughs> Thank you all so much for joining us for this episode of The Nuance Life. We will be back in your ears next Wednesday. Between now and then, you can hear us on Fancy Politics on Friday and Tuesday. Keep it nuanced, y'all. Nuance Life is produced by Dylan Garvin. Elise Knapp is our production assistant. Dante Lima is the composer and performer of our theme music. The Nuance Life is listener supported. For $5 a month, you'll receive an extra episode of The Nuance Life at patreon.com slash The Nuance Life. You can connect with us on our website, thenuancelife.com, and follow us on Instagram.